California ranks 49th out of 50 states when it comes to affordable housing. Governor Gavin Newsom demanding an investigation as to why Californians pay more at the pump. Certainly when someone has a company, their job is to make the proper investment, take care of their shareholders, their employees, and the community in which they're at. And our job in government passed laws to set the bar at a, at a reasonable level. It's legal to hunt humans with 15-round, 30-round, even 150-round magazines. Today, Governor Gavin Newsom signed an executive order directing agencies to find state land that could be dedicated as temporary shelter location. We're providing health care for everyone, regardless of immigration status. If you believe in universal health care, you believe in universal health care. This is a ghost gun. This right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. 30 magazine clip in half a second. Welcome to the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're just a couple of common sense California natives sharing commentary on our state's current events. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. Hey, you guys have fireworks going off in your neighborhood, too? Oh, yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> Every couple nights. Like big mortars, I think. The big which ones. I which I don't think are legal. No. No. Weird. Yeah, right. Now, But they're illegal, so people shouldn't be doing them. <laughs> now, people are complaining about it, and they are complaining to whom exactly? The police? Well, well they're going away, so that mm. won't work for much longer. <laughs> Yesterday, Minneapolis, their council voted 12-0 to... Abolish the police department to amend the charter to get rid of their police department. I don't even know how that works. But even go back for a second. Think about that. There wasn't a single vote on the entire council that said, maybe we should keep the cops in some form. Maybe it's not such a great idea. Maybe. Do do you think, well, it's obviously pandering. Oh, of course. Because it still has to go to the voters. So do you think they're just taking the side of being on the right side of history, right? Because they know it won't ever get passed by the voters. Yeah, I, I there has been no lack of amazement on my part to see the level of virtue signaling going on. I mean, look at all these corporations. You even get into the Facebook stuff. Oh, yeah, the and Facebook uh, boycott. Right, yeah. all that. They, they will stop, people will stop literally at nothing. To, to your point, I think, Virtue signal, especially when they know that there's not going to be a ramification or a downside to doing it. So then they just go all out. I think what's pretty cool, though, is um, no no measurable spike in any corona stuff because of the riots and the protesting. (laughs) I have not seen any figures to back up (laughs) whatever you just said right there, Louis. Everything I've seen, (laughs) everything that is uh, billed as scientific says that there is no measurable science increase because of thousands, tens of thousands of people crowding arm to arm, shouting and screaming next to each other. I that cannot no be effects. heard unless I take off the mask first and then yell at you. Okay? That's not how it works. Isn't that amazing? And then co- it's just a coincidence that all these protests and riots have been going on for... It was all because of Memorial Day weekend. Uh, yeah. Everybody was at the beach. Went to the beach. Everybody went to the beach. They went to the Trump rallies. And, you know. Oh, now we're getting to the source of all of the latest coronavirus spiking. Right. The Trump rally in Tulsa. 
That was it. Yeah. That's what caused all this. They flew in. They got on the planes and, you know, What's they funny spread it from there. Is they run the narratives parallel of the rally was going to cause corona and he nobody showed up for the rally. Right? Like mm-hmm. there's this, these 6,000 people that came to the rally are who are spiking all the numbers, not the tens of thousands that protested. All across the country. All across the country. Yeah. Not just, I mean, you oh, look at, I'm there's sorry. That, hold on. All across the world. There, and, and those countries are also seeing spikes themselves. Right. There's, um, there's an awesome drone shot of, I think it's Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, I think just I, yes. Packed. Full of packed. Jam. From, from building to building, from each yes. side of the street, just packed with people as far as the eye can see. That d- had nothing to do with the spikes in LA County. That's what we're told. You know what did get casually swept going to the Fed side? Is uh, Hillary Clinton's appeal. I guess she's, yeah. she's got to come into court in September. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. You wouldn't really find that anywhere on the news, though, right now. No, she wouldn't. Uh, there's been uh, quite a few people who have been called up uh, for different testimonies that are coming up in that September time range. Yeah. But remind me, guys, so this is this is in relation to she because she, she never answered specifically why the server. Is that right? Is this that the, the judge said that you didn't satisfactorily answer the question? Uh, something to that is that right is that what this is still all surrounding yeah she didn't satisfy the courts there, Requ- there's more to it request yeah. of info yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a million things you could ask her about but there that, are a million things of course but if i remember right the, the judge was also very careful to put guardrails around it i think of like you can only you're only going to be able to ask her questions that pertain to yeah don't everybody just like Start doing a little dance because right. she's going to walk away from this one as well. Correct. She's she's not going anywhere. She's coming back. Is she, she coming back? Running yeah, for office? She's coming back. You're still are you still are you still riding we'll that see. horse? We'll see. We'll see. But I, you know, there, she's going to play the game too. Like, don't don't try to entrap me with getting me with a lie that I said to the FBI. Don't don't do that. I I didn't lie to the Senate. You know these kind of things. You know the same thing that. Trump's team has been dealing with. You know, here's an interesting, speaking of the election, kind of an interesting stat. And it's something that I'm sure you guys have heard about. And it's the narrative that's going around about the polls and the fact that there's still this silent majority that they're not going to say, right, who they're actually voting for. Right. So Scott Adams, and if you remember Scott Adams, he's the guy who back in 2016, even 2015, when Trump came on the scene, he said, hey, look. The old Trump whisperer him. Uh, I, I've seen, I've seen people i mean i I know the the classic tactics of just being able to speak and rally people he said this guy's gonna win and he was on it from day one and he was right trump won so scott adams has said that he did kind of a he's he's not saying it's scientific by any means but he did a little poll amongst the people that follow him and twitter followers etc and the poll came back about 45 plus percent of people said if i got a robocall you know, asking who I was going to vote for for an official poll, I would not say Donald Trump, even though I will vote for Donald Trump. Well, if that's even close to true, call it a third. Call right. it 30. These polls are not even, they're a joke. Well, they were a joke in 2016. Of course. Right? And everybody knows that if you are a Trump supporter and you're outed, right, your business will be destroyed, right. your name will be slammed. One star on Yelp. 
Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Very least. yeah. <laughs> On social, you're completely attacked, right? So I think a lot of Trump supporters have just learned to shut up. Because what's they, the upside? They'll, yeah, they'll just go deal with it at the ballot box, right? And right. I, I, I just look at, like, social media, how dominated it is by the left mm. in just the vitriol and the toxicity. Like, it's toxic. It's amazing how vulgar people have gotten. They don't give a crap about who you are. Oh, you know, no, We talk about anymore. keyboard warriors and everything else. Right. You just even see it when you do know the person. There's just a lot of... It's just a toxic environment these days. It's like a, a switch in their brain flips. And any sort of sense of... Well, any sort of what I'll call almost a moral compass of... I vehemently disagree with you, but that's not a good response or way to deal with that disagreement. That all, it's like, it's a, it's amazing that all of a sudden just disappears and anything that they can think of doing justifiable, morally right, necessary even right? because you hate or because you like the president and thus all this is justifiable. There was this, this is almost kind of like summarized it for me, but one of my friends on Facebook that I've known for a few years, he's an older guy. He's a businessman. He's, he's very accomplished. He's very smart and educated. He's very liberal. Hates Trump. Okay, I get it. On a lot of stuff, I've, I've thought he's pretty fair about it, okay? He posts an article uh, shortly after the Floyd stuff about the article was obviously a clickbait headline. It took a soundbite of Trump saying that chokeholds are innocent, right? And they're not a big deal. And he then reposts it and puts his own comments of like, they're innocent. And this whole thing goes on this giant diatribe. And you read the article and what it actually says is Trump's quote is something to the effect of chokeholds seem so innocent, but you know, when it's one-on-one, one-on-two, there's probably other better things to do. You know, I'm paraphrasing and we should get rid of them at the end of the day. Right. But what he was saying in his own, Trump way, which totally is true. If it's a one-on-one fight for your life, you're just going to scrap and do whatever it takes to get out of it. As would most As would people. most people. Right. If it's two-on-one, right, two officers versus one suspect, okay, you should maybe dial back some things and figure it out. You can try. You, you have the luxury of different tactics available to you. Um, but at the end of the day, we should probably get rid of it. And in most department SOPs for law enforcement, a chokehold's considered lethal force. Like, it's the same as using your gun, because that, that is a pretty big outcome that could happen, right? So, but it was just the, I guess the point of my story is it was the intentional reposting. It, it flipped a light in my head that this guy will just post anything that's negative, whether he actually vets it or not. Because it was yep. a completely false headline and statement when you actually read the quote, right? Yep. And and this guy who who I thought was, wasn't, it kind of it was an integrity check. Like you just literally, and all you did was you just you perpetuated this problem of bad news. And don't you feel like on both sides? I'm the first to say this about it's both sides that that's the point we're at is the day your day of seeking news is finding the articles and the things that substantiate what you already believe or want to believe. That there's very well. But it's also the same in journalism. Journalism no longer is, hold on, okay, here's a situation. Let me let me ignore all the stuff I think I know and dig in 
that is not journalism anymore. Maybe it, maybe it was, you know. Tim Poole makes this really good point. He goes, <clears throat> he's always slamming the New York Times. Every story is editorialized. Yeah. Yes. You can't just find news, journalism, just reporting on a story. Everything, and when you really start reading these stories, you just start hammering on the adjectives and things. It's being editorialized when they start throwing in these different adjectives or trying to frame Trump's uh, state of mind or whatever, right? And this article tried to do that. It, the buildup to Trump's quote was all about the big idiot Trump, mm-hmm. you know? And you're like, well, this isn't a story. Mm-hmm. This is an editorial column. Right. But so much of the news is just editorialized. It's it's not giving you the facts. It's giving you some story. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, I mean, we're, we're going to dive into some stories, and I yeah. use the air quotes. Right. And, but really, they're editorials, and the little snippets of actual fact, Fact-finding journalism is is really hard to come by in these things. But we try to find some good articles, and we try to jump in and give an assessment, and then we go deeper into it. I mean, this is what we're doing here. It's I feel like it's easier because we go through all, you know, we're always trying to find California stories. I feel like the sack bees and stuff aren't as bad. I feel like they're giving you more of a story or a more, they're more reporting on some California stuff. I said this like a while back, and these are super liberal papers, newspapers. And California went beyond super liberal, and these newspapers are starting to call them out on things and go like, we cannot justify what you're doing anymore. It's not working, and we have some serious questions. But let me ask you guys a question to pull it back even from that level for a second. Is it even worth anymore saying these are super liberal newspapers? Because in a lot of ways, obviously, there's always going to be a couple of exceptions. Newspapers equal super liberal. I mean, in some ways, what we're looking, I think, and I'm generalizing, I I understand, but on average, you're looking at where the last 30 years worth of journalism majors in colleges, which we can all guess where that, how they got influenced have gone to work in newspapers across the country. Uh, other than we happen to be in a city that actually endorsed their newspaper, endorsed Donald Trump in 2016. But, but let's be honest, how many newspapers actually did that? The, the only two. paper... <laughs> I have the answer, too. Yeah. The only newspaper I believe is worth reading and I actually pay for it is the Wall Street Journal. If there is one left, I, I, I agree. I feel like for the most part, it's fairly center. Um, some might even call it right a center. Um, I don't, I think the stuff that's editorialized is in the editorial section. Shocker. And I feel like they just report a lot of news. Um, but I feel like they've, they've gone the extra mile to make their digital version really good. It's not full of ads. Like it feels like a, a well done program, you know, but everything else is just so it's just garbage. Yeah, it's it's story time. That's right. the LA Times now. Is you you look on the top full on a Sunday, it's all a heartstring story about something that's happened down in LA with corona or fill in the blank of the social issue of the day. Right. And well, we're we're talking about a major city in America's seminal newspaper. Well, all these papers are failing. They right? they totally they're, they're are. clawing at they're clawing at their ability to remain relevant. Most people aren't getting the LA Times unless they they pick up the one that's already been read at Starbucks or Yeah. But 
the fact that the LA Times has the nerve to put itself behind a paywall. Oh, yeah. I know. Who would, who would, sometimes we send stories back and forth, and I've exceeded my quota, and I'll just find right. a different browser and IP to open it up. Correct. I'm not going to pay for their garbage. Oh, like, give me a break. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's not some kind of trade. The Wall Street Journal is giving you some nuggets of like economics and trade and some really deep, right. some really deep stories. That's worth paying a couple bucks a month for. But the LA Times, just it's like buying the National Enquirer. That's right. Finding out about Jim, who now has corona and his lifelong story of like, I don't know Jim. Why am I reading about Jim? Well, and especially as Los Angeles goes, there's so much opportunity to find really just having factual stories that are good enough. <laughs> right. I mean... You've got council members getting hooked up for. We talked about the Chinese debacle. <laughs> oh yeah, with real estate. I'll bring that up months later. ago on one of our other episodes. Oh yeah, don't go too deep into it. I'm going to bring <laughs> it up later. But there's so Garcetti. There's so much information if you just reported it verbatim. But no, no, no. It would be Jim a good read with coronavirus down in La Habra. Right. You know, like okay, I don't even know Jim. He's responsible for giving it to all of Orange County. Speaking of coronavirus. Swooshed. Here we go. From thehill.com, coronavirus hospitalizations in California rise along with new cases. As coronavirus cases uh, rise around the sunbelt of the U.S., com composed of states like California, Florida, Arizona, and Texas, hospitalization data reveals how severe coronavirus cases are becoming. In California, 702 hospitalization cases were reported by the state health department as of Sunday. This is the highest figure sin seen since April 7th when public health officials reported 5,792 confirmed or presumptive coronavirus cases in hospitals. In statewide ICUs, there are 1,199 coronavirus patients, an increase of 36 from the previous day. The five-day average is still uh, markedly lower than rates seen in early April, with 32.4% of the coronavirus pa patients in California hospitalized in the ICU now as opposed to 43.8% as of April 3rd. Uh, the data also follows... 4,200 new confirmed infections and 20 new reported fatalities per the state data. Now, it continues on, but this is actually a little dated because it always is when it comes to corona data. But we are on the rise. We're coming up, baby. To tie in something we were talking about earlier, can I, can I go ahead? From the article, this is one of my favorite sentences because, again, talking about editorializing – Right. Um, notably, this is again from the article. Notably, the counties of California seeing the largest spikes in both hospitalizations and new cases include Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Diego, all located in sunny Southern California. Mm. The last bit trying, in my opinion, trying to make you immediately think, oh, well, it's all because of people going to the beach. You know, it's all because of people. I see. Main Again, Is that how you see it, John? Again, diversion away from protests, things that have brought a ton of people purposefully together where they ignored a bunch of rules. But no, it's sunny California. The beach. The beach is to blame, which I don't know how that explains in, in cities and states that don't have a beach or aren't sunny, but we'll set that aside. What's interesting is we saw this on the 911 side when all the COVID lockdown stuff started. 
overall 911 call volume plummeted. It dropped like 40%. That was kind of the interesting. And ERs were empty. Hospitals were pretty empty. A lot of hospital staff, their shifts were being canceled. There just wasn't enough work to be done, right? The ICUs never spiked like they were supposed to. And what we saw on the 911 side, the pre-hospital side, was a lot of people that we responded to that maybe were sick that should have went to the ER and chose not to because they didn't want to be exposed to COVID, right? So they sat home getting sicker, not getting treatment. And so I think as things loosen up, more people are now going to the hospital for the ailments they had previously, and it's leading to hospitalizations and actually people getting treatment for things they should have got treatment for. Also, sick people get tested, right? Like your average Joe who's asymptomatic walking down the street, there isn't this giant group of people anymore just randomly going to get tested for it. Use the three of us, right? Yeah, I, I haven't been tested. I said here, pretty feeling pretty good today. I'm not going to run out after we stop recording and go find the nearest testing facility. Yeah, and the test is gnarly. They stick a six inch toothpick up your nose and tap your brain with it. So it's always fun. Yeah, it's not something you want to do unless you have to do it. And they opened up all these, at least around where we live, they opened up all these testing centers and they sat empty after the first day or two. It was done. Right. So. Uh, it's it's again it's this tainted sample of people getting tested and then on top of that you've just got what's the denominator no one will give you the denominator oh correct we had 10 million tests positive how many did we test right i nobody will tell you how many it is true the more you test the more positives you'll find back to at the editorializing uh, point of view did you did you guys this was a bit ago this was kind of during the first wave of you know and and them trying to convince people to go get tested sure. the news uh clip in which they got busted because they got told hey get some of your workers and go get them into the line and drive them into the line so it looks like the lines are really busy for testing right when no yeah. one was actually going yeah the more people saw how the it, the more people saw how the test was, the more people were like, oh, I don't want to get I don't that done. So. I really need it. And then you pile on the fact that the test only measures this single point in time. You could get tested today and be negative, and in one hour, become positive, right? Or you could test positive now and be on day 12 of this thing. Right. Right. The, well, it doesn't give you any kind of real data. It's just this like snapshot in time. And then you see how many were lagged. So when LA first started reporting on their numbers, they were like 600 of the, like the 1200 were actually from a couple of weeks ago and they were just catching up with the numbers. So I'm actually looking at real time data right now. Okay. Ooh. It, and for those of you who want to know where to find the real time data, tech here, Bobby. it is a calcat, C-A-L-C-A-T dot COVID-19 dot C-A dot gov. Okay. And they will give you a gajillion different models and what they are looking at. Are, are these like climate models? Yeah, they're actually kind of like... Are these like, built on science? Because well, we're only science? looking at science. Gavin yes. Newsom talks a lot about science, yeah. so they must be built on science. Mm-hmm. So um, the current, they're talking about the R effect uh, in California. R not? Yeah, R effect, R dash effect. So w- how spreadable a disease is this is kind of like... 1.0 and this model is it's still around anything right. above it is it's we're in a pandemic kind of deal and ideally we want to be down below one 
Right. So right now we're at 1.07 as of this podcast today. So the idea being that uh, we are spreading the disease, but not at a rate that is that particularly alarming. It has been at this rate for the past week. So we will see a spike. And if I continue to like keep going to different forecasts, um, they will show that uh, we are going to stable off in the August area where we're directly in response to the recent rise. We're looking at another two or three weeks and then it'll start dropping off again. So the billion dollar question for you guys, billions, tens of billions, do we shut down again? Does he, or, and here's what I call a shutdown here. here, Let me, let me kind of lay out what I'm getting at to date. He has not gone back and restricted those things that he's already unrestricted, right? We were, we were super locked down phase one, phase two. Now do we, does he at all step backwards and say, okay, no, no more restaurants or no more fill in the blank. I, I think it has to do with what does their wallet have to say? Yes. And besides the point of agreeing with the president, which is something you're not allowed to do. Nope. You're a blue state. You're not allowed you're to. You're not allowed to agree with the president. Um, I don't see it as being enforceable anyway. I think a lot of people do want to uh, try to mitigate their exposure, but at the same time try to live their life. Doing the balancing act, so we anybody listening to this podcast, we've done it. We've gone to a restaurant. We go to the restaurant. We wear the mask when we walk in. We sit down and we take off the mask to eat, obviously, because duh. I mean, this is the way it's been going around all over the state, and this this is this is the new normal now. I mean, we can't just sit around waiting for this. We we cannot. Shut the country down again. We can't. Even though the EU banned us from travel, we can't shut it down again. Sorry, we're not going to be going on a vacation anytime soon. A little bit of a sidebar. Is it is it correct to say, in my understanding, that uh, people are in support of the EU having done what it did? That yeah, I don't. I, look, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, got to do what you got to do, man. Someone brought up a great, interesting point. Why? Why is it? That when we didn't want the train full of Latin Americans headed for the U.S., we wanted to shut mm. that down because of the diseases and other things that they'd carry. That's the, racist. The reintroduction of measles? Right. That's, that's mm. racist and wrong. But the EU won't let us go there because they don't want the disease that we may bring. That's smart science. It is smart science. Help me understand the difference between the two. Uh, liberal hypocrisy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> was that too? <laughs> was that too on the ball? <laughs> I was expecting a slightly different, you know, sizzled kind of um, nuanced answer. But you're okay. right. It, it, that, John, that's the only difference. John, you just don't have enough pigmentation to understand the situation here. Okay, I my said, biscuity friend. I said in the okay. worst seat you, possible. You cannot. So. You cannot deny these people I can't. a right to a better future. No, that's right. Okay. Yeah, um, me not wanting disease from Latin America bad, Europe not wanting disease justifiable and good. Okay. Got it. Okay. Have you guys heard of the hammer and the dance? 
No. So it's this theory that, well, it's a philosophy, I guess, that basically describes what we're in right now with this pandemic. So the hammer is like the extreme lockdown in the beginning. This is a book that was written. Um, the hammer is the extreme measures done for just a, week, a few weeks, right? And then the dance is the easing of different parts of society to maintain that are not value that you talked about the, the infection rate value R effect. Uh -huh. Yeah. So R nots the technical term, um, R and then a little zero. So the, the dance is that ebb and flow and where we find what we can open, what we can do, what we can go out, how we can do it and keep that R not value within a certain threshold. Right. And that's the part we're in now. I don't think we go back to another hammer, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't think people will accept it. I, I don't. A lot of people have lost a lot, and I don't think you will get compliance. I think in the beginning it was easy because it was temporary, right? Yeah, this thing was supposed to be two weeks, and then we're done. Right. Yeah. With a lot of unknown fear baked in for a lot of people. And the goalposts kept shifting. It was, we just need to flatten the curve, and then it was, we just need to find a vaccine, and then it was, oh, there's uh, protesting and rioting, and nobody talked about it. Where did, where did Newsom's daily press briefings go? Non-existent. Garcetti's daily briefings, non-existent. And then the next week, we find out everything's opening. Right? Like, we moved into this phase four deal. And it seemed like it almost happened overnight. And I think when you, for me, when I look at that, I'm like, oh, this is all bunk. Right. There's definitely a control aspect to this thing. But again, you find this, this balance of, it's very easy to take the righteous side. Right. Like a lot of the liberal causes, it's very easy for me to say, well, I don't want to kill people. So I'm just going to shelter in my home for the next 12 years and not pass this thing. It's harder to say, Hey, read the data. Does this make sense to you? That's the hard position to take. Correct. And, and I was, I had this thought today. So I was going over some of this stuff. Obviously what I'm about to say, I think we'll get a lot of agreement at this table, but, and maybe it's incredibly self-evident, but man, our politicians are just weak these days because you look at stuff like I, I don't think so i think they're very strong-willed in what they want what they want it's all about the interpretation right here's what i mean by weak. it's who you're talking about correct well. correct here's what i mean by weak someone who's strong is going to do and say let's even just call it pure fact based when when the facts say something you got to say it even if it's not the popular thing to say look the facts dictated there were a bunch of people gathering. We can debate the validity of the reason they were gathering, but that's beside the point. There were a ton of people gathering in an environment where we had just said on a federal, state, city, county, etc. level, don't gather. And when they were gathering, nothing was said. And now that there's ramifications for that gathering, nothing is said to point back to those gatherings. That's weak. That's just pure weakness. Now, they're going to justify it that they were, I understand, they're going to say we were strong 
because of what we were defending happening. Still, it's weak. You can't, you can't tell me that you care about facts and science and then not stand there and say the factually correct, scientifically backed up stuff, even if it's not the popular thing to say. That's weak. You can't tell me that if I go to Albertsons, I'm going to infect the entire store. Right. But if I go March, yep. there's zero downside. You're weak. That's think, what I'm saying. I think the fact that they've taken a position of zero is the problem. But a lot of these things, I feel like a lot of these left causes, they just go for broke. They go for extreme, right? Yeah. If you said, yeah, it did have a little bit of an effect, but not as much as we thought, but there was some effect. I think people can buy moderation. Correct. They can't buy had zero effect, none whatsoever. That that logically does not make sense. It's it's because there's no one holding them to account, even in the fact. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You'll, you'll get some Sean Hannity pundit out there. Yeah, no one cares who, about who, that. Yeah, though. who comes out and says, look what they said, and here's what they're saying now, and they totally conflict with one each other. That's only going to work for confirmation bias, though. Again. Yeah, but again, he's only in the echo chamber. He, right. It's stuff that yeah, his audience already Fox knows. News exactly. Already know it. Yeah, they already know it. The problem is, is that he needs to be able to, sh- or other people like him need to be able to show it to uh, the people who are denying these statistics. But the people that are denying the statistics are the same people that say everything I'm doing is justifiable because of the end result of what I'm doing. Very Machiavellian. Correct. Oh, totally. 100%. That's all it is. And people have this. I don't know the word for it or the the theory. I, I'm trying to think if. It doesn't fall into the realm of uh, a logical fallacy, but people that dismiss things because in their mind they believe this is how it's always been. Uh, so I'll give you an example. There was this, it always comes back to Facebook debates with me. There was this Facebook debate uh, someone was talking about. They didn't want to be tracked on their phones for COVID purposes. And this one lady chimed in and said, I went to this seminar and the FBI was talking in 2008. And if you went to that, you would have thrown your phone out because the government's already watching everything you do and blah, 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 blah. And I started thinking, it's like, I don't think so. I mean, as someone, I've gone through this in recent weeks, getting warrants for a fire investigation I'm working. You've got to prove a lot to get somebody's cell records. Like you got to go before a judge and get a search warrant and to get their location data it takes a pretty well-written affidavit to get that part because the courts understand how how big of a deal that is. The government doesn't just walk into AT&T and say, hey, give me John's records. I want to track him. It doesn't work that way. But people dismiss it because they're like, well, it's already been happening, so what do you care if they get all this COVID data? They already get all this data. And as, as big of a conspiracy theorist as I am, I do believe there are some stop gaps. I do know from personal experience, the carriers make it pretty hard on government to get the information. They're not easy. There's a lot of hoops and got to find an email address and automated message after automated message. They're, but it's very easy when you believe this has already been done to just let them take even more when that wasn't the, the premise wasn't true to begin with. 
Does that make sense? I, no, it does. They're, they're more than willing to fight it along in the in the court system here in America, but the same companies they'll bend over backwards when it's China. <laughs> you know, well, if it's for advertising purposes, yeah, I I get it because there's a dollar attached to it and they're using it. When the popo wants to come figure out where Bobby is, they're like, eh, jump through all these hoops to get sure. it. They don't really want to help out. At least that's but my experience. Apple's even worse. There was there there was another article I know we were looking at, and yeah. and to tie that in, who's where and what's people doing? We got our own governor now endorsing the notion of well, just tattle on yes your neighbor. This is from um, the Gestapo is here, right? This is from is Eater in San Francisco, like a um, yeah a food blog or a food it's a food ne- blog ne- they're, website. They're with. Um, a whole bunch of different uh, blogs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, blog network kind yeah. of thing. So this is from Eater San Francisco. It says, Gov- Govan- Governor Gavin Newsom urges diners to tattle on restaurants that break coronavirus rules. Fascist Newsom, you say? Yeah, so it, it talks about um, things that Bobby already mentioned about you know new surge rates in the virus, et cetera. But, at the, but in the article, it says, Governor Gavin Newsom, quote, he says, quote, Read up on these guidelines. When you go to a restaurant and it's clear that they're not practicing what we are preach what we are preaching, that's right. Report them. Give us the tools to enforce. Uh, scary anybody? <laughs> Sammy Hagar owns several businesses. Tequila businesses. Tequila well. businesses. Cabo Wabo. And he could give a, a flying f about following these guidelines anymore because he is done with it. And he's had some trouble with uh, licensing in the various areas where he uh, has his businesses. Interesting. So what is the recourse? Right? Because we've been told these aren't really laws. Well, the recourse. They're like edicts. The the recourse is that they take away your business, alcohol license, whatever license you have to operate your business, they will take it away. And once they take that away, then you can no longer Operate. Isn't it funny you need a license to sell booze Haven't at we? a private establishment? Mm-hmm. Isn't this a common theme on this podcast? The disastrous effects of licensing? Did you... I just... I just... Because I'm a dork and I like knowing these random facts. But I saw there was a business in Santa Barbara for sale and a big... Uh, it was a restaurant. And a big selling point was they're selling their Type 47 okay. uh, liquor license. Okay. Yeah, they pass it along. Yeah. And so then I was like, huh, I wonder what the different types are. You know, because I know there's a difference between beer and wine and, and then spirits sure. and then eating or not. This is good. Yeah. There's like 60, 70 some odd types of ABC licenses. And you're like, everything from I have a tiny brewery operation to I store wine in a garage to I sell food, I have miners, I don't. And you're just like, talk about licensing run amok. Power and control. And it's only for these times. Right. Normally, I mean, and ABC licenses are coveted. Only a certain number of them are like released in an area. And yes, that's why they're passed on. Yeah. But it's only for these times where they got you by the balls. Sorry. Because they, they can't really come in and shut your business down, but they can take away your ability to sell what people want. Which is mind blowing. Well, the fun fact about that is that if you take away their license, mainly you cannot buy from the distributor. And the distributor is held to account from the same organization. So they're not willing to sell it to you anyway. It's not worth it to them. They'll 
find somebody else to sell it to. So this is all a big circle, big cycle of who can do what and when they can do it. And thanks a lot to this licensing. And that's and it's never been abused, Louie. It's never been abused like right. in LA. Well, and we saw it in the very beginning with gun stores. Right? Oh. You need your firearms license to be a firearms de- uh, uh, owner, a now. licensed yeah, firearms got, dealer. And, and you got to pass, technically, you got to get a license to even buy one now. Right. And so then you take that to it's okay, well, we can't shut down the gun store, but we can uh, suspend their license, right? Like there's always the nuance of you needed your operating permit. And so we just took it away. It's another insertion point to bend the power and control curve. Seriously, that's... I mean, the fun part, when we're all said and done, and we really get the chance to look at the books, our dear friend Fascist Newsom has got some explaining to do about where all the funds were going on the spending on the PPE stuff. Oh, the billion dollars to China? Mm-hmm. Dude, that story broke. They're getting... Re- they're, it's real slow, the info coming on that one, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Uh I keep getting conflicting reports about some of the money was returned, some of the product was returned, and thus we got money back. But a lot of the product that we were getting from China was crap. It, it didn't work. No. Duh. You know, they've they've been they've had a spike over there. Duh. So what's the cliff notes? The cliff for notes the, is for the we listeners. Don't, we don't we don't have an answer yet. We'll get back to you on that one as soon as we have more information. But it's a billion dollars we're talking about, and it's your money. And PP that was purchased from yeah. China Yep, that we either didn't take delivery of or it was junk. Yep. And we'd like a refund. That's right. We should have used PayPal. Ooh, <laughs> good one. Bitcoin. Bitcoin through PayPal. You know, just that all Some the kind of escrow that we could totally pull it back on. <laughs> I got to imagine that if we really dig deeper into this, who was the broker of these deals? We'll have a better idea of how the money was spent. Oh, any no, but I don't know who the, the obviously the broker was. I don't know it, yet. It, any chance that this broker had never met, had nothing to do with, no clue uh, or relationship with anyone in Sacramento? Hmm. Any chance? Any chance? Hmm. I'm I, thinking no. I got a question for you guys. I'm going to start with John. Yeah, our uh, our model libertarian. Yeah, we always talk about the free market. Yeah, right. And I I was. Someone was telling me some stuff the other day, and I was curious. When you went to Amazon and you started trying to buy Clorox wipes and stuff, yeah, yeah, and you've got price gouging laws, right? Right. How say you when it comes to free market in a pandemic? And what I've noticed on Amazon is the the product isn't price gouged, but the shipping's like sixty dollars. <laughs> oh, you mean the seller? Uh, got it. Yeah, because they can invoke their own. Right. We're not talking prime stuff from Amazon. No, You're no, talking like third party. Most sellers. of it's yeah, not fulfilled by. It might be fulfilled by Amazon, but it's it's coming from the stock of the sure. seller. You know. They, I was just curious. They might what be your flying it in from were. Canada or something like that. Well, so. yeah. The, do you guys remember the story? The the there was a couple up in Washington. They were buying wipes by the it. pallets. They bought out Costco. That's the right. Buy them and then and then oh, it was Amazon that shut their account down? Right. Mm-hmm. There's an ad, I know people, I know people who for a very long time, and and well, look, they were preppers, the, right? I mean, for, for softly, let's say, I mean, because then there's the you know I'm gonna bury some sea trains under the ground. I'm not talking right. that kind of thing, but that's an opportunity available to most people 
it's not as cut and dry as I don't think. Not a big shocker, probably, but it's not as cut and dry as price gouging, wrong, bad, shut it down, like make sure it doesn't because people could have done people could have bought, saved, stored. But a lot of these aren't about people that bought, saved, stored. It's about people that saw the writing on the wall, bought at retail price with the intent to resell it at a gouge because they they artificially decreased the supply available to resell it. Yeah. We, right? I get the guy that, that's a doomsday prepper and the guy... But he doesn't need it, though, at that point. And that's that's the beauty of... If there were more, if there were more, have been more, had been more people like that, there would have been less demand in the um, panic scenario. I guess it's it's a price manipulation. I, I guess I'm looking at it from the standpoint of the supply and demand was probably spot on. You artificially affected the supply because you went and bought it all with the purpose of marking it up to resell it. Oh. There, there was always this this conversation in that. Supply and demand is always a good, good way to go about it. Uh, whenever there was a natural disaster, let's say a, a fire, okay, and the town is in trouble, and everybody's evacuating in their cars and they need gas. Now, that store owner, the owner of the gas, the the gas line, that's all the gas they have, and to boot, they're probably going to be shut down for at least a month because the fire's coming. And everybody needs to get out of Dodge, and he won't have any business for a little for a while. Okay, he has a legitimate reason to prepare his business for the shutdown he is about to uh, end it. But what if John went and bought all the gas? Okay, okay, to but let me sell it. That's really kind of the. Let me flip this for a second. Okay, let's go with the world that that's wrong. That should be stopped. Who do you trust? Who do you put your faith in? To rectify that, because that's a that's a that's a question of like you know it goes back to a Friedman quote right in terms of he was saying it in a general sense about capitalism versus something like socialism, and his famous portion of a quote is who where are you going to find the angels who are going to organize society for us? Okay, so again, let's say you're let's say you're right, price gouging bad. Who do you trust to set the right price and to regulate that? in those sorts of times. If I'm being honest, and let's say I agree that that's wrong what's happening, I'm not about to turn to Gavin right. to do that. Yeah. So so how does it get better in a way that like you trust and that will be truly fair? See, because that's what we're, in a, in a general sense, that's what we're finding out in these sorts of environments, the protests versus the people who are trying to do things right by sheltering in place. You can't trust these people anymore to be the arbiters of right and wrong. They're morally bankrupt in that regard. Right. I guess my thought is that we wouldn't have had a shortage or an issue had people just assumed their normal buying habits. Completely agree. But when people started buying up all the stock, it forced other people to get theirs. Understood. Which forced other people to get theirs, right? Understood. So it... It caused an artificial 
inflation of the market that wouldn't have existed otherwise. It's almost like Hertz, right? No, that's right. talking about with stocks. That's right. It should have been a junk stock. That's right. A bankrupt company. Trading above zero, yes, but trading above the price when they announced bankruptcy, no. Right. And then you had a bunch of college kids on Robinhood who were like, (laughs) oh, it's a penny stock. I'll buy 1,000 shares. And you multiply that times 20,000 people. Right. And it bumped up a stock that shouldn't have survived. Right. And it artificially created the demand. That's and so that's a great example. I, I wouldn't, you're right. I wouldn't want someone let's, and let's say like I was in there shorting Robin hood. And thus, if the price goes up, I got, I lost money by shorting Robin hood. Right. That would make me upset, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to turn to the sec and say, Hey, sec, this stock is bankrupt. This company's going to go bankrupt. You need to stop this stock from going above its prices when they announce bankruptcy. I wouldn't want that. So then that gets back to my, that's in the territory yeah. of who, who then is blessed with noble enough and uh, just angelic enough to fix that. Well, it's inter- and this is on a tangent, but it's the same. We've put breakers on the market. Right. But we don't put them on individual stocks, it, right? That is, which that, is kind of interesting. That is interesting. I, I'm a, and that goes. Sorry, this will get. I'll go one step deeper. In and that and just to ex, just a brief overview: when the market tanks a certain percent, it yeah, it puts a a, a breaker. They call it basically like a circuit breaker, like in a 15 minute period. To just we saw it chill the market out. We saw we it saw it in March, right? And typically on the general market, that's seven percent. When the market goes down 7%, they literally press a market pause button. No trading in any stock, and the market happens for 15 minutes, I think. Same thing happens, actually. Every, so many breakers, they'll stop the day that's of trading, right. right? That's right. There's one more breaker at 14%, another pause button. 20 or 21%, we're done. Like they just say, <laughs> cut <"Yeah>. off. <laughs> Let's try this again tomorrow. <laughs> Do you think that's but a good none, thing? But none that go when it goes up? He, so, so it's that's what that's what's going to be my point. It actually is the case in the futures markets in commodities. You have what are called limits, and so a commodity in a given trading day can go what's called limit up or limit down. And if and if it goes limit up, it it trades up to a certain amount, and it's different for every market: right. every oil versus orange juice, whatever. If it trades limit up, it's it. It stops. The only thing that can happen next is a downtick, someone selling it. And then it goes back. If it went back up, it stops again at that limit. It's like a ceiling. That's right. Until the next day when it can go limit up again. The theory behind that, and this is where this gets gray because this is a, a fundamental element of free markets, is information flow. And almost almost like a cool off or in the 7% in the stock market, the, hold on, hold on. Let's give 15 minutes for everybody to assess what's going on out there. Right. What info is flowing in? What is, did, did a nuclear bomb just go off here or there? Or did a plane just fly into this tower? Whatever. Right. Things that have happened in history. A question for you. Yeah. Because this is your forte. Uh, do the computers care that the, that the, the stops have been placed, that the, 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 the switches have been flipped? Do the computers? Yeah, they won't process the trade. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, do, the do system they, stops. 
Yeah, I mean, do they go? Hmm, I wonder why it's dropped seven percent today. You mean you mean like, like algor- auto- algorithmic trading? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's up to the programmer. <laughs> right. That's the secret I mean, sauce. Yeah, yeah. those are the people that have programmed the computers to do their own proprietary yeah. trading. Because I think I, ideally it says, okay, uh, the stock, whatever stock, has gone down five percent. If it goes down five percent, sell, 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 sell. Right, sell. right. So it doesn't care that it went down seven, and now it's down another. It's going to sell. It's all about the as soon as it comes right. back on, it's going to start selling again, right? They actually say now in, in in review of everything that happened in March, they say that was extra just force selling pressure on the market was a lot of funds. This is the theory. There was a lot of funds out there that were levered into equities. And as equities came down, they had to rapidly delever their books, which is why even asset classes like treasuries, mm-hmm. like gold, that in those sort of sorts of circumstances normally wouldn't right. sell off. People would flock to hold them. Hold them, yeah. They, they, these funds couldn't hold those. They needed to raise cash. And so everything was just getting... It was like a self-feeding deal. That's the theory. So they were selling off to basically liquidate. That's right, to, to raise cash on hand. Because otherwise, by the end of the trading day, they would be required to... You know, those margin calls. Right, come up with all that so, yeah, margin. So, so they're just everything, just hitting, hitting offers, just sell, sell. That's the, sorry, that was, but, 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 back, <laughs> but back, back to limits, back to information. That's what we do here. We go on tangents. Yeah. But back to information flow. Information is a, is a good thing. And so that's why some of these markets stop. But when it comes to products, when it comes to gouging, I get your point. I just don't, I would just be very hesitant given history, given what we see about giving authority over to people, being very careful to bless people, bless someone to fix that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I I guess I'm trying to figure out a way in a pandemic where if everyone just maintained the status quo, we would have. Yeah. Toilet paper. A lot of what we felt and a lot of how we got hammered was because of this. Oh my God. The supermarkets are just hammered. Costco was hammered. People started stocking up like it was the end of times, which I think made this thing feel a lot worse than it actually was. And it was, and I don't mind people going and buying a pallet of paper towels and Hey, I got mine, whatever. Okay. That is what it is. It's when you buy it with the intent to turn around and gouge it. And that's where I wonder where no, the the best time is when you see those pictures of the people trying to return it. Oh, well, yeah. I think that's good too. You buy it, you own it. Return yeah. toilet paper. Yeah. I mean, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah. So that was my tension on so on the money. I actually have a crossfire for you guys. Oh, oh man. We haven't done this in a little while. Cause uh it's been a little silly lately. And I've got something for you guys. I've actually I've already shown it to you, but uh we'll go ahead and talk. Well, you expl- give a brief overview yeah. of the crossfire, and right. we'll, we'll figure out who's going so first. So the crossfire is I'm going to present John and Louie with an article, and they are going to debate on the subject matter, either pro or con. John Whoever's won. won the, John has won. Okay, so he'll get to decide whether he's pro or con on the subject matter, and he has no idea what I'm going to ask him. No clue. But he has an idea. He probably does. I'm going to say it, and he's going to go, oh. Okay. And, uh, and then Louie will have to argue in the opposite whether he believes in it or not. So we'll see which one of these guys is going to twist in the wind about this one. So are we ready? Let's ready. do it. All right. Here it comes. From the Los Angeles Times, an opinion piece, 
want to tear down insidious monuments to racism and segregation? Bulldoze the LA freeways. Across the country, Confederate monuments are tumbling museums, uh, are stripping effigies of racist presidents past. Here in Los Angeles, insidious activists toppled a statue of Junipero Sierra, a canonized saint who founded the mission system that enslaved and brutalized generations of California Indians into uh, abandoning their traditions. And he did put California Indians in there. Uh, the aftermath of George Floyd's death while in police custody has created a monument for uh, a moment for radical truth telling. So here's some ugly truth about the city of Los Angeles. Our freeway system is one of the most noxious monuments to racism and segregation in the country. Most Angelinos don't think about it as we spew carbon monoxide across the city on our way from point A to B, but our toxic exhaust fumes feed into a pot of racism that has been stewing for nearly a century. To understand exactly how this works, you must have to know what things we like here before what things were like here before freeways came to dominate the LA's landscape. And it keeps going on about the 1900s. So, John, Bobby, are the Los Angeles freeways racist? Absolutely not. The, to me, the central point when I read this article, the amount, the, the, the manipulation and foresight that the people who laid out the LA freeway system, you're giving a lot of credit First, you're assuming that these people are phenomenally racist who put together the freeway system. But number two, you're then giving them such abilities, genius, and and manipulative powers to have put all this together so that when they did this thing, laid it out, that they were going to know who was going to live where because of the freeway system that they constructed and that the the secondary and tertiary effects that were going to fall out from the way that the freeways were laid out would what perfectly you know negatively affect certain cultures and races in the way that it has it's just an absurd amount of of planning and foresight that you're giving to these people that doesn't exist now louis all right you are for tearing down these freeways one minute sir go I'm glad you brought up secondary tertiary effects. I hate Caltrans. No freeways mean no Caltrans. Hell yeah. Tear it all down. Get rid of it. Burn it it all down. It takes them forever to fix the roads. And if they don't got no roads, we don't got no Caltrans. I will say, I do think there is some truth to the racism behind the freeways. I know it's going to sound weird. The 210 is a good example. It was intent. It's a perfectly straight line almost. And it was designed to segregate Altadena from Pasadena. And if you look south of the freeway, Pasadena's got the beautiful tournament style home and uh, the mansion and beautiful homes, a lot of money. In Altadena, a big chunk of it is ghetto. And a lot of what the 210 was designed to do was segregate that chunk of the San Gabriel Valley and keep that stuff north and south. Now, a lot of that has changed over the years. Glendora, north of the freeway, nice. But you have a lot of these, a lot of south of the 210 is pretty ghetto. Um, and I think the 10 freeway is a lot like that, too. Um, south Century, of, Century City, Westwood, etc. above yeah, the 10. Yeah, I mean, starting, we'll just say 
starting back to East LA, and you take that all the way to where it terminates at PCH in Santa Monica. South of the Ten's pretty ghetto. Pretty I mean, ghetto. that's South LA. That's South, Inglewood, we don't call it South uh, Central yeah, yeah, anymore. Yeah. Uh, and north, well, I do, but <laughs> <laughs> and north of the freeway, you've got downtown and Culver City, and and, and now the freeway kind of cuts things in half you know that's not a perfect line but well here, here's i think L, i won't call it except for the 210 because i just know the history behind that I ladies and gentlemen the, the, the fact of the matter is no one actually wants to live next to a freeway because it's noxious it is duh therefore property values are lower the closer you get to a freeway therefore poor people live by the freeway it's quite understandable actually it's back to the critical statistic fallacy in point. Correlation does not necessarily equal causation. Right. So if if what Mr. Matthew Fleischer, senior digital editor of the LA Times, is suggesting, if we just bulldoze Beverly Hills, plop a freeway right through there, it will all be good. They will not find another place to put their house. I, I heard... I will say I've heard some people break down a philosophy at the at the chance of sounding racist, I'll say. When we started integrating everybody and gentrifying, yep. we got we got rid of slums basically, yep. right? And that led to more homeless. And in a lot of these countries where they have the slums, it's at least housing Right. And policing is can be concentrated. And I another philosophy that goes hand in hand with this is maybe there should be different laws, like for different communities, and that a lot of the laws we have are the rich parts of society that tolerate very little nuisance. Whereas in other parts of the city, they might tolerate more nuisance, right? Like somebody smoking weed on a porch in the ghetto or in the slums, not a big deal less people get jammed up for it. But in the middle of Beverly Hills, when Karen's out there yelling for someone smoking a joint on their patio, she wants the full force of the law to come down on them. It's a great point. It's like, um, you know, you just look at third world countries versus first world countries, and you look at the things that they have the ability to focus on because of their advancement in their country versus a third world country, let's say. And we're just that that just is what it is. The the people in um a well off community have a different set of priorities, a different list of priorities, a different stage right. um versus a place that's not very well off. And I'm I can I, I see your point in that it's it's I've heard it with the climate argument, and it's a great I think it's a, a great thing to remember and it's it kind of parallels what you're saying. For us to go out into the globe now that we have potentially the, the 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 technology and the ability to utilize nuclear water or or you know even solar hydro. wind and hot thank you hydro for us to go to African countries and say oh no 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 you you can't use fossil fuels how arrogant is that of us that they're build a windmill farm that's we we <laughs> built, right we built our nation as did other current first world nations built ourselves up to where we are by using cheap albeit dirtier but cheap fuel 
Right. And for us to go to these other locations and say, you have to play by the rules that we now are willing to play by because we have the ability to, how arrogant is that and how much does that set them back and their ability to climb up the progression ladder like we did? And so I, I hear it in a similar manner. And this yeah. is an interesting point. It was an interesting point on homeless in that we've eliminated, albeit slummy, areas for the homeless to just live. So right. they camp on the street, right? Um, in a lot of these countries, you just you do have the slums, and it's a certain part of town, and it's where you can at least not be homeless. You've got a roof. It might not be the best place in the world, but you're not living on the street. Yeah. And you're not and, 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 dispersed throughout the community. I mean, plenty of different studies have come out and said, you know, the best thing for mental stability is a home. Even the governor would agree to that. And the best thing to get to do is to give them four walls and a roof. Right. It would be the best best thing for them, have stability in their lives. But no, you know, we can't do that anymore. We have different standards on what is, what is a house, where we can put a house. People care about their own property values. I mean, this this cycle will continue. We talk about housing all the time around here. Right. So I, I thought it was an interesting take. I never thought about it that way. We, we've talked about the the integration of just trying to throw people want to naturally gravitate to their own people. Right. 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 And, and people we hammer them with for that. And we hammer them for that. <laughs> right. And we call you racist and bigots and everything else. And it happens across the board through every nationality. And the more we've tried to just like jam everybody, we've tried to be 100%, you know, cohesive everywhere. We've created these pockets of weird division. Well, and, no, it's like, like, like someone's probably rolling on the rise right now. They go, okay. What about like Soho in New York? Right. What What about Hate Street in San Francisco? What types of people do you think go to live in those areas? You know, uh, oh, I get it. Okay. Yes, I would like to live in that area because I agree with those kind of people are my right. kind of people. Right. Are you, are you telling, I mean, again, I, I'm not offended. Are you, you really telling me that there's, that there's communities in South Central that like really, really want me a, like a, a white male Biscuit. to live there? Like, no, of course not. <laughs> and and I'll get the looks, the frustration. It, it, it works both ways. I'm sorry. You cannot tell me and convince me that they really are wanting with open arms, welcome me to come down there and live. Right. That's just not true. For sure. I got a rundown for you guys here. Okay. Got a couple of articles for everyone to enjoy. And I'll start off with this one. L.A. City Councilman Jose Huizar. Oh. Charged in federal corruption probe. Los Angeles City Councilman Jose Huizar was arrested Tuesday, becoming the most prominent figure to face charges in the federal investigation into corruption at City Hall. Huizar faces a racketeering charge arising from allegations he ran a sprawling pay-to-play scheme in which real estate developers were shaken down for cash, bribes, and campaign donations in exchange for his help, getting high-rise development projects through the city's arduous approval process. Along the way, the councilman and his associates allegedly enjoyed free plane travel, lavish meals, casino chips, and other perks, <clears throat> other perks offered up by developers prosecutor said in all Hazar's improperly received approximately 1.5 million in financial benefits according to the federal filings prosecutors portrayed Hazar as the head of the enterprise with others involved in the scheme referring to him as the boss 
The case against him <laughs> was detailed in a 116-page affidavit made public on Tuesday. That number seems really low. It oh, does. 1.5? In benefits, well, that's right? A, that's all I can find right now. Yeah. But yeah, no way that's the final number. I mean, that's not cash. That's, well, it's, it's that plus benefits. There's no it's way that's be higher. The, my buddy pointed this out to me, um, and so I got to reading a little bit about it. You know what else is classic about this story? I think this this is such a joke because it's it's the it's the politician mentality, and it happens on both sides. But I guess this and this got shut. This has been put on hold. They said that this guy was apparently had bigger aspirations, mayor of L.A., etc. But that his sister was about to be running for political office. Yes. What is it with these people that think once like one person in the family thinks they're God's gift to the public and to run for something like others in there? Oh, oh, well, yeah, I need to do this too. I, I just need to just bless everybody with it's my wisdom the, and control. It's the same circle, and we see it all the time. It's the same circle because this family member knows all the people who donate to their yes. campaigns and they rub elbows with the same people. It's just natural to anoint somebody they trust family to run something to the, do whatever I, the bushes. Yeah. For example, I mean, where'd the article come from? I believe that one was the LA times. I, f- I find it really interesting. They slanted it towards mob boss. Cioso kind of, you know these businesses were looking for a way to get ahead by oh totally by bribing right I, they make it sound like he was the shakedown expert and these people just wanted to play by the rules and totally. he was like give me a bunch of benefits you know they came in and said hey what's it going to take right right like so i'm actually very surprised they slanted it that much to the council member and didn't try to pull it more onto these people came in with bribes Interesting, yeah. I see your point. Which I, I'm just very skeptical on that whole deal. I, I'm curious it was why it was written that way, unless he pissed somebody off at the LA Times at one point. I think it was unavoidable, finally. I think it was finally unavoidable. Uh, I mean, how long have we been talking about it on this show? But you're saying these Chinese businesses didn't come in with the intent to bribe? That's exactly. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's what they do in. in their own country. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. We're going to say they, they put all this strong arming into our elections. But they don't think they can just buy their way into the city of LA. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's like that's like a little midnight snack, right. you know, getting get in the city of LA. One point five in Benny's <laughs> to build my giant skyscraper. See, Done. Hey, and you know what? I'm sure his son is probably on the board of directors with the Chinese company uh, who's Hunter building. Biden? Yeah, what? I'm sorry, what? No, Biden. <laughs> that never happens. Who? Never. I Next. I'm also surprised that it's just one person. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, oh no. Oh. His chief of staff. Uh, no, oh, I mean other people. council members. That, that's oh. what my, and that's what my friend said. He's like, there's no way they didn't know the whole lot of them should be done. Like, they, yep. give me a break. This was totally siloed. No one ever caught wind like, of anything. How, how long have we known right. on this show? Right. And, <laughs> We've and, talked about it for and, months. And the mayor only <laughs> just asked him, like, last week to finally resign. I was like, what? Are you are you joking? Just finally? Because like, Garcetti's an idiot. <sighs> Okay. Next story. Next now story. Now you're all fired up. California state paid travel to Idaho is now banned. They hate Idaho. <laughs> Attorney General Becerra on Monday added Idaho to its uh, list of 11 other states where state-funded travel isn't allowed because he has determined that they violate a California law. 
The 2017 law is intended to guard against discrimination based on sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. Becerra cited two new Idaho laws that he said allowed discrimination against transgendered people. One repeals protections enabling transgender students to compete on athletic team consistent with their gender identity. The second bars amending birth certificates so that they are consistent with the person's gender identity. The travel ban takes effect on the on July first. Hmm? Go ahead. No, I was gonna t- I was gonna take this story and ask you guys a question. How many Olympics are we away from this being in the Olympics? A third category. Just no. I mean, what, whatever or you just whatever you are. That's why you can compete. So, uh, well, I just want to get clarification real quick. Yeah. What kind of travel ban? Like your average citizen or like state no, employees? No, 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 state employees. Oh, state employees. Yeah. I'm like, uh, no, no, I control. Us. Right. Yeah. Good luck. I bet <laughs> Idaho is all for it. Oh, uh, from, oh, no, yeah. I, I have a friend no who California. lives in Idaho, and he's tired of Californians moving into his state and ruining it for sure. So, well, one one of the biggest things that state travel would be would be actually the sports. So any of the uh, universities that travel for sports to any of these other states uh, would so they can't go play there exactly, which is yeah like uh, like Cal Poly U- uh, Idaho State used to be in the Big West, right? They're not, but but let's say like they still were. I don't think I don't think Fullerton and Poly are going to go play Idaho State. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I I I'm trying to. Th- this looks stupid. It's completely stupid. So. Uh, the other states, in case you're wondering, Alabama, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas. None of those surprise me. <laughs> there, so there's bands there too? Uh-huh. So California teams can't go play Bama. Exactly. Or any of the Texas teams. Or anything like that. Any of the SEC. Uh, you basically now, wrote off the SEC. Now, they can come here, you know, because they, they don't have the ban. They can come here. But we can't spend money to send our... So what if so if, we, what, let, if like, what if UCLA yeah. makes it to the college championship football game mm. and it is in Texas? Ooh. It's in Austin. Tricky. They can't go play for the title. Hey, Tricky. that's where the booster system comes in. What about in the play? Super Bowl? <laughs> no, you're right. Well, I, I do think this is a bo- well, I guess boosters <laughs> get but, but the pro teams don't count. They're private, right? But okay, these state schools. Crazy. This is dumb. I mean, but but then again, that's California's uh, forte. It's the Stupid, same thought stupidity. process as AB five, right? Like we didn't really think those aren't real jobs. Those aren't real jobs. You don't really need to travel to that state. Doesn't make everybody an Uber an employee. <laughs> Next one. Next one. This is even better. It gets better. Uh, California lawmaker apologizes after extramarital extramarital affair comes to light. Assembly member Phil Ting. Yes, I saw this article. This is fantastic. Tingling Ting lives up to his name. Thank you. Who chairs the Assembly Budget Committee issued an apology to his fellow lawmakers and constituents on Saturday for having an extramarital affair. The San Francisco Democrats affair first was reported in the uh, Community's Digital News, a conservative online news outlet that ran the story that titled, Did California Budget Chair Phil Ting Use His Extramarital Affair to Craft Legislation? Mm. No way. The article reported that Ting had an extramarital affair with a woman named Carmel Foster, who, whom the article alleged he met on a dating website called 
what's your price? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'm going to talk about this song. I'll jump back into the article. It wasn't even Tinder. It was what's your price? <laughs> what's your price? I had not heard about this website before, and I, I guess I'm... I haven't either. I'm, I'm nice. I, I don't no. think it's in the circles. <laughs> okay. So I was curious about online what prostitutes. Um, or is that going too far? Is that's that... a little far. Online ladies of the night. No, no, no. The this More is like worse. Mail order bride. No, this is worse. Actually, um, this is actually the replacement for Ashley Madison. Oh wow! So all the gentlemen on here are are married. Are suspected of being married, and all the women who participate on here. Uh, know that they're probably married and looking for an affair. And what's best about this is it's called What's Your Price? Because you are auctioning off for a date. What the? Are you I, kidding I, me? I, I, I couldn't go too deep into it because the... Society screwed. Well, the, the website up, didn't like give me a whole lot of detail like... How it really You should works. have joined just for research. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you committed to this or not, well, Bobby? I really wasn't that committed to it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of weirded out by the whole thing. I, I read some articles about what exactly this website is, and I, that's as best as I can sum it up. Is it an expensive site? Like, yes. is it something that only have, the echelon kind of... Yes, it is. Yes, in fact, it is. You've got to have some money. That's probably why it's hard to find info. It's yeah. kept very tight. Hush, hush. Yeah, um, he uh, probably not an app. What a loser! Okay, this dude is a loser. We've been talking about oh. him for years now. What a, what, slime. We've done a bunch he's a of stories. Slime. He's trying to basically eliminate automobiles in the state. Yeah. He's Mister Green, righteous, typical lefty from up north. They're just a loser. Where exactly are you going to find these angels to run society for us? Idaho's like stay stay the hell over there. No joke. <laughs> we don't need you. They're in like state. travel ban. We're good. Done. <laughs> Jackpot. I, th- this um, <laughs> the article that I pulled it from. He really is dingling ting now. He really is dingling ting now. Uh, I, I did read the article from Community Digital's news, and it went really in depth about uh, the woman he had an affair with because she's actually the one giving all the information about how how they met and he actually uh gave a fake name uh when he signed up for the for the uh, for the app again maybe you mentioned it he, sorry his he, name he, was peter but but he is married right he is married wow and she wow. describes in the article that the first moment they he sat down was i want to let you know that i'm married right now so he told her he acknowledged it wow. yeah but more importantly, she was cool with it. So their affair was. Do you think she knew who he was, was on the level? I'm sorry. I wonder if she knew. Like she's pretty open about the info. Like she's singing like a canary right now, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if she knew who he was and was like, "Let's see." What. So it went into the in the, in the article. Miss um, Foster is uh, from South Africa. Okay. Okay. Uh, she came over here after apartheid. And she was living here, and she was trying to make ends meet, and she joined the website after a divorce, and so on and so forth. And then she met uh, Ting and kicked things off and was more than happy being his mistress. Uh, It went further on because he was actually setting her up 
with jobs. He was setting her up with jobs, working on different advocacy groups to pass different legislation, which is where the article comes into play and goes, did the California budget chair use the extramarital affair to craft legislation? That's the name of the article. So he put his mistress on these, um, on these groups who are crafting legislation. And she actually, she, Miss Foster, was a witness and gave um, information about the now infamous AB5. So she's on uh, historical record as being a witness to why AB5 should have been passed. Let's not forget in all of this and all these discussions in this story, this is the disgusting corruption we know about. That's what's really just so depressing. Yeah, like if she doesn't sing on this, we never know about it. So how much other junk out there, probably worse than this, that we have no clue about? Because you're, again, you're telling me that it stops right here and now we've been... We've know now about the corruption in its totality that exists with lawmakers back in Sacramento. Are you kidding me? And mind you, these are all these self-righteous people that make you feel guilty. Exactly. For being okay with fossil fuel and and everything else in the state. Plastic bags. That's he, right. He is Mr. Champion of making you feel bad for being a, a earth destroyer. Correct. Meanwhile, he's a family destroyer, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, he's getting some on the side and mm-hmm. poking around these websites and then also using these people to push his agenda on various committees in the Sad. state. These people, get legislation passed. So he wrote back on Twitter about this and he said, this is Ting. I am writing to offer each and every one of you a direct apology that my personal behavior has hurt you. Ting wrote in his article, the allegation that my bills or votes were ever driven by any personal consideration is false. I have fought for the rights of working people my entire adult life, but I was not faithful to my marriage vows, and for that I am deeply, deeply sorry. I am making my apologies to my family directly and privately and ask for their sake the private space to do... Uh, do so i violated my family's trust and i must now work to the extent that i am able to heal the wounds i have caused them and to all of you i will continue to do my best to represent my district and to work with my colleagues to address the many challenges facing our state he right. broke the family's trust but not exact, the public's trust right believe me i massively let down my family and they should not trust me anymore but but you no 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 keep keep <laughs> trusting me you have every right to keep trusting me Vote Who are these, these people, people out? Who are these people? This is disgusting. And he will win again, overwhelmingly. Of course he will, because he's from San Francisco. And yeah. Well, yeah, we know where that moral compass points. You know who came to his defense? Wiener. You knew it. Really, God, Wiener. You knew it. Wow. Two peas in a pod. Oh, he was like the first one to jump right back in. He was like, why? Oh, Prob- I trust my probably friend. why. Because Scott's got stuff that's just as bad as this, if not worse, behind the curtain. They all do. The the more you try to portray yourself as yep. Mr. Yep. Perfect Righteous. Put it together. The, the more skeletons you probably got hey, died, we, for we, sure. Wiener might actually lose his bid for re-election. No. I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. You know who he's facing? He's facing Jackie Fielder. 
And for those of you who don't know who this person is, this is sounding familiar. Who is she? She is the one who's advocating for the uh, uh, city-owned bank in San Francisco. Oh, of course. Yeah, she has absolutely no experience in banking whatsoever. And if you've ever actually looked up her information of how she came up with the grand idea and how she convinced the city of San Francisco to get her going on creating a bank for themselves, this should scare the hell out of you. She has no qualifications for banking whatsoever. So would you like her or Wiener? My God, I thought... The devil I, you know versus the devil you don't? I, what a disaster. I thought, I thought... I hate Scott Wiener so much, I call him the devil. And, and, and I found somebody who's even worse. How is this possible? That's what I'm saying, man. How is the pool possible? is thin. Real thin. Okay. Uh, San Francisco proposes uh, proposed to tax companies with high-paid executives heads to the November ballot. So Supervisor Matt Henley, during a board meeting on Tuesday, uh, the, uh, the Board of Supervisors voted to shut down Juvenile Hall by the end of 2021. Uh he will announce Tuesday that a long-discussed proposal to tax companies where top executives earn vastly more money than the rest of their workforce is headed for the November ballot. The measure, which Henley has dubbed the overpaid executive tax, would bring a between $60 million and $140 million annually by taxing businesses that pay the highest earning person in the company more than 100 times more than the median salary of the San Francisco worker. So the idea being that if you make more than a hundred percent, a hundred times, hundred times the median salary, uh, where, where I'm hold on. I'm looking through the laws of the universe that defines vastly as a hundred times. Anybody? Right. Does anybody see it's, that? It's the random ass. Can you, can you pull a number out of thin air? No, no. Can you point me to the reference? I don't, I don't see that in the universe's law. Cause book. it doesn't exist, John. Oh, so, well, let's do some simple math, shall we? So it's going to be 100 times the median. Yeah, that that's right. So, so let's say the median it, worker makes 65 grand. Yeah, easy math, 6.5 million. Right. So if you make 6.5 million. Actually, in San Francisco, I believe the median yeah, salary probably, is 160. Great. 000? 15 million. 16 million. So if you make that. If you make more than 16 million, then we're going to tax the hell out of you. That would be correct. Okay. So let me ask you just playing devil's advocate. Why would I want to keep my business here? Mm, I got the feeling... I can pay a lot in taxes, or I can go to Texas and pay little in taxes. Right? It makes sense. <laughs> I'm thinking today... It makes dollars is what it makes. There's more, oh, bus- nice. there's more businesses asking themselves that question today than there were three months ago. Well, That's like, my guess. I like when Elon talked about moving, oh. and then our legislator was like, cool, see ya. It's like... <laughs> Or what did Lorena Gonzalez say to him on Twitter? Yeah, that's what I'm like, literally, yeah. like, F you. Yeah. I can't cite the article right now because I'm going off the top of my head. But the the uh, apartment rates for dollar amounts, the um, housing costs for San Francisco actually went down this past month. Rent to price ratio, that's that right. kind of thing? Mm-hmm. It actually went down, whereas we all know rents have been going sky high in San Francisco. Ooh, that's an interesting, that's a problem. And that's an interesting inflection it is and the reasoning behind it is all these software companies are sending their their employees to go work from home and work from home means work from anywhere right so the finally like i said finally 
I get to work wherever I want. I, had I chosen, I would have been working from Idaho or something like that. Working Don't from tell Texas. Louis' friend. Yeah, yeah, working from anywhere. I, I wouldn't have. I mean, look, San Francisco <clears throat> was nice. It's a big city. L.A. is a big city. New York's a big city. The whole oh, but people are going to find people are going to find the Nevada side of Tahoe real quick. If you're living in the Bay Area and you're going to get paid the same, but you just got to go east on the 80, right? And you can relocate in Nevada, no personal income tax, on the Tahoe in the Tahoe area. See you. Well, I, there's no reason why you won't see this paradigm shift. You're going to see it in consumer behavior. You know, we've already. When you look at like airlines, it's like a fifth of all airline travel is business related. Yeah. Right. So when people are saying, oh, you know, invest in airlines or whatever, it's even worse than 9 11, I think, because you just, you're going to have a lot of people that aren't traveling anymore because they're just working from home. A notable chunk of former revenue is going to go out of the system. Yeah. Most people are just going to be doing Zoom, Skype, whatever. And, and you're going to, you're going to find that. And not only that, but it'll make businesses more robust to handle the next pandemic if everyone's already working from home. Yep. Right. So uh, there's no reason to believe that all this apartment stuff isn't going to change too. Right. You know? That's right. The world is going to shift on this. There'll it, be a change. It, that's right. They've, they've almost forced it. Well, yeah. One more article. Sorry. And then uh, San Jose leaders uh, advanced ballot measure for strong mayoral system. Despite criticism about a lack of public input, San Jose's Council Committee Wednesday advanced a proposal from Mayor Sam Licardo to expand the powers of his office. The uh, unanimous decision means that the San Jose City Council will meet with considerable, uh, will consider asking 2020 voters to decide whether the mayor should have more power in the city government or whether city council members should recuse themselves from votes that would affect special interest groups that contribute to their campaign coffers. The San Jose... It seems logical. seems logical. San Jose is the only large city where the city manager has more power over local government than the mayor. Los Angeles and San Diego, the only... The only two cities with larger populations have strong mayoral governments that allow their top politicians leaders to direct uh, direct with smaller populations like San Francisco and San Francisco and Oakland, I'm sorry, have uh, strong mayoral systems. Licardo, who brought the proposal to the Rules and Open Government Committees on Wednesday, said that the coronavirus pandemic and the Black Lives Matter protests shed new light on the need for more powerful, more accountable role in the city's top elector, elected leader. So basically what's going to happen is they're going to try to run the city the same way that San Francisco, L.A., and San Diego run their cities, uh, where they don't rely so heavily on the uh, city manager anymore. Right. You'll have more of a a mayoral type of government. That's what you'll have. And then you'll have a CEO or something like that versus your standard council manager form of local government. Uh, The problem with this is that now you're running your cities like LA. Because it's worked out so well. Yeah. We're definitely copy paste that. They, they've, they've definitely come with the um, population boom, uh, San Jose with, with the tech industry. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's why they, they're not in the system uh, yeah. to boot. Well, what you're looking to do is you're looking to take the power away from a staffer, your city manager, and give it to the elected. An elected representative. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I, yeah, I, it's a power grab. That's all it is. Right. They want more power. And I guess in the wake of all this stuff, they want to be able, you know, I, I always look at, well, why? 
when they talk about BLM, it's probably so they can do unilateral things without having to go through city staff. Yep. Right. The city manager is typically the one who would look to hire fire, that kind of stuff. But if the mayor has all the power and the, then by virtue, the council does, they can just say, huh, let's get rid of this person. Right. Right. Let's, let's all, get rid of this police chief. I mean, in every other city, it's more of, um, you know, the city council are overseers of budgets and they, they're advocates on behalf of the people more so than anything else. Yeah. The, the, the city staff answers to the city manager and the city manager answers to the council. That's right. And you kind of have a firewall between staff and council via the manager. And this way, the the council wants all the power. They want to eliminate the middleman. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. There's a little tidbit. All right. Last article. No, probably the best idea I've heard in years. Defund the police. Yeah. (laughs) So we got to do. How could that go wrong? (laughs) Well, interestingly enough, from the Washington Post, this California city defunded its police force killings by officers soared. No, you say. By Peter Jameson. Unable to pay its bills after the 2008 financial crisis, Vallejo filed for bankruptcy and cut its police force nearly in half. What city is it? Vallejo. Vallejo. Vallejo? I think it's Vallejo. Vallejo. I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Vallejo. That's how I've heard it. Okay. Uh, They cut their staff to nearly 80 officers from a... uh, pre-recession rate of more than 150. At the time, the working-class city of 122,000 north of San Francisco struggled with high rates of violent crime and simmering mistrust of its police department. It didn't seem like things could get much worse. And then it did. (laughs) Far from ushering in a new era of harmony between the police and the people that are sworn to protect, the budget cuts worse intentions uh, between the department and the community and were followed by a dramatic surge in officers' use of deadly force. Since 2009, the police have killed 20 people, an extraordinarily high number for such a small city. In 2012 alone, officers fatally shot six suspects. Nearly a third of the city's homicides that year were committed by law enforcement. Boom. Aejo's experienced officers, a glimpse of how core elements of the defunding agenda, fewer officers assigned to limited duties might play out, especially in a community where limited resources. In the wake of national protests sparked by the uh, George Floyd uh, protests, city officials from New York to Los Angeles are taking, talking seriously about far-reaching cuts to their police forces. Uh, the story goes on. Uh, Essentially, and this is the crux of the article, that they didn't have the money for the police force. Because of the 0809 that's right. revenue crisis. Right. Yeah. So it isn't as though they could just took the resource, the money resources right. and put it to social services. Right. I'm sure those services got cut too. I didn't look into sure, it. Sure. I'm going to assume they I mean, did. obviously. Yeah. Uh, if you're in a budget crunch, you're in a budget crunch. So everything got cut. Sure. And eventually they cut the whole dang thing. There's nothing that they could do. I think they're running off as a sheriff at this point in time. Yeah. 
So their the whole article is about well, we cut the police, and that didn't solve the problem. I love this article. I, not great outcomes, but I love it for the example that it is. For we talk about on the show so many times the secondary and tertiary effects that a committee or even elected officials cannot wrap their head around as to all of the ramifications that will occur by by an action. That even, look, this idea is stupid on the surface, but even ideas that like might have, okay, there might be some, it's more complicated than that. It typically is. And so I just, I think it's a great example of that. Uh, You're scribbling something over there. Yeah, I was just putting my notes down. I mean, it's obvious. Lack of officers equal more deadly force because you don't have the backup needed to take down the suspect, right? If I can get 10 officers at the snap of a finger, well, 10 of us can probably take the dude, right? But if it's just me and my backup is either not available or it's coming from miles away or it doesn't exist, or doesn't exist then I'm going to have to resort to deadly force more often probably, which is what the public doesn't want. We've seen just YouTube it video after video of two officers on traffic stops having a hard time subduing one dude. I don't know how many people have actually been in a fight or a struggle or grappled or wrestled or whatever. It's not super easy to get somebody who doesn't want to comply to put an arm behind their back and get a cuff on them. Right. Meanwhile, you have a bunch of weapons strapped across your waist that you also have to try to maintain while trying to use your two hands to stop them, right? And it it just makes sense that less cops equal more crime and less cops will equal more cops just trying to stay alive. The, the, the opposite to that and the other thing where I, I fear even more is more cops either not engaging or not shooting when they should shoot because they're more worried about the political ramifications or their own livelihood than they are about actually stopping the threat and doing the right thing, right? So you see these videos too where the officer should have shot five minutes ago and he gave this guy so many chances up to the point where he's now pointing a gun at the cop. Let me ask you guys a question um, related to this topic, not necessarily this article, but this topic. What what are your guys' gut thoughts when it seems like the big thing floated now, and I think they're floating it in Minnesota. Look, we don't need police officers. Disagree. We what we need is people from the community that are part of an organization, you know, whatever this looks like, who will do the community policing and uh, respond to domestic disputes and respond to this and that. And it's, they're from the community, so they look like the community, and that will greatly help the situation. How does that work? Domestic disputes are some of the most volatile and dangerous situations. So we're asking members of some community policing group to then respond out into these dangerous situations. And then who protects them? So this is, this has been the biggest problem for policing for a little while now where we have a problem with domestic abuse. 
a, an actual fight between a husband and a wife, and the police are called because there's actual violence. There's actual violence involved. And when we see it time and time again, everybody's sorry, they didn't mean it, da-da-da, and then all of a sudden the charges are dropped, and the police are back there the following night because this is happening all the time, and the police are asking um, the battered woman usually, do you want to press charges? You need to get away from this guy. Stop, stop being with him. Because there's actual violence involved. A social worker can only do so much. They're going to be doing the same exact thing. And we're also in the, in the realm of ideas is that just because we fund more doesn't mean that we necessarily get more social workers automatically. Mm. Well, people are under the misconception that social workers are going to want to enter these situations. And have the proper... They don't. Training, the proper capabilities, equipment, whatever. And what do they ultimately become? Now, Cops. See, now, th- right. this is what doesn't make sense. Uh, fire and paramedics won't enter a dangerous scene until the cops clear it. Social workers, mental health workers, psychologists, psychiatrists won't enter a scene until law enforcement clears it. Now, there's a difference if you go to visit a, a patient or a client in their home and it turns violent and you, you got stuck. But the the theory that a call will come into 911 and one of these uh, social workers will respond out to a situation where all the facts aren't known yet and the scene hasn't been cleared is it's 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 a it's an indicator that these people making the rules have zero clue how 911 works that's what seems so ludicrous to me another article that was on the list that from the NBC Bay Area San Francisco police won't respond to non criminal calls mm-hmm. This is insane. America's favorite mayor, London Breed, she has said in a, new, in a news release that on calls that don't involve a threat to public safety, which first of all, well, if you, if you know from the beginning those that will and won't, you're, you've got genius insight that no one else has. So that's amazing to begin with. But assuming that she knows that, which calls will and will not have a threat to public safety, officers would be replaced by trained unarmed professionals to limit unnecessary confrontation between the police department and the community. So let's go back to your point, Louis. Domestic dispute. Not not a harm to the public at large, right? So let's say one of these trained no-gun officers uh, walk in the front door, uh, husband has a gun or a knife to the wife's throat. Sir, uh, please stop. Please put that down. I don't have any armament to uh, convince you to do that or to hold you accountable for doing that. But please stop. How's that, how's that going to turn out? I, all your, I, uh, uh, (laughs) so I'm trying to put this into words. What is the point of taking the gun away from this worker? Cause they won't, so they won't use it. Correct, because guns are, I think that's the thought, guns are used in way too many of these situations when they shouldn't be, so the way to solve that is no gun in the first place. Right, so the premise is flawed, right? I mean, the thought is that if a gun didn't exist, then the scene would have been less violent, right? I mean, that's the thought, because what you're doing is you're taking someone who you want to act like a police officer but remove their ability to defend themselves. And then I, then I question the notion, who would take that job? Right? Like, who says, oh, hey, sign me up for this. I, I get to enter these same volatile situations <laughs> right. and have zero protection? Yeah. Cool. Oh, and I get paid minimum wage? I was, watch, I was watching a, 
uh, one of those uh, Twitter like feeds. It's just a little. You've probably seen it yourself. Where in London, uh, you got three cops. London Breed no, or no, the city of the city London? of London. Okay, yeah, England across the pond. Yeah, across the pond, uh, where the cops do not carry guns right. normally, and uh, they've stopped a black individual. And there's a white woman totally being a caring. Why did you stop him? Why are you frisking him? Why are you doing? And then they reach in and pull out a ten-inch butcher knife that he was concealing, uh, and, and they show it to the woman and goes, "This is why we were doing it." And you know. And she still won't believe him. It's like showing it to her in her face. Like, are you sure we can't frisk this guy? Are you sure? And believe me, London has way bigger restrictions on what you can carry over there. They've they've completely restricted knives. You can't even get like little plastic knives anymore. Actually, that may or may be more of a nut job than London Breed, by the way. But that's a side point. But this all stems from the Black Lives Movement Matter uh, uh, movement. As we call it now, which has completely gone off the rails, and this is one of the one of well, the Jesus issues. is an example of racism now. Yes, that's what the oh the yeah, BLM oh, of course, <laughs> of course. I mean, talk about woke virtue signaling. We're we're about to we're going to have a um, a constitutional amendment on the November ballot to reinstate it's affirmative back, baby. action. It's back. Reinstate affirmative action. ACA five, which is what. Uh, what it was, I'm not sure what the number is going to be called. Now. It's probably going to be the same thing because that's the way they roll. Where we used to be all treated equally nope. in this state. That's not good Doesn't enough. Doesn't matter. That's how, not good enough. Not good enough to be treated equally. Affirmative action goes forward and making it so that you can prioritize your equity sharehold. Make sure that people get put on the... Put up for promotions, even though they didn't actually merit them, doesn't matter. Look, well, we already did it with boardrooms. Yeah, it, let's let's boil it all down. We have now, and we've been going there for a long time, but we're just now going into just constitutional state constitutional amendments. We want, as a as a state legislature, not me, we want equality of outcome. We don't want equality of opportunity, which is what's been touted. For so long, and a lot of people can get on board with, and there's nuances and arguments about how to create the best equality of opportunity. We're trying to bypass it. Forget that. They just want to go straight to equality of outcome. That's what that is. They're just not even even hiding it anymore. I mean, Garcetti's already getting ready for it. He's already directed his his personnel to get ready for, you know, how do we get uh, equity representation on all these boards and all these departments that he runs it, it's already you know it's already off to the races with this one who i've always you know we talked about this when california made uh the basically boards for businesses had to include a female oh right right, right. hannah uh, beth yeah. yeah it was hannah beth good old hbj who wants to be that token like literally Right, I I am on this board because they needed X amount of whatever race or X right. amount of whatever gender, and that's why I'm here. Like who I who probably wants that? I didn't have the capability to have gotten here. Otherwise, I would have been here before a law right. such as this. But now I'm here because of a law such as this. So I must not have had the innate capacity or capability to do this. Well, that's a great message, but the outcome is now equal. Right. 
they're on the board just like the other people that were previously on the board. So the outcome is equal. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. That's the new world. Doing on time there, Louis. You want to wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. I mean, we could talk about this all day long. But there's beer to be drank. <laughs> yeah, it is a Saturday, and it is a beautiful day out. It is. Uh, we went through a lot. We hammered some topics. I feel like Bobby's ha- will have to change his catchphrase. I'm, you know, people took it too seriously. <laughs> yes. In the last couple of weeks, Bobby, um, I think we must have made, either we had a lot of listeners who then decided to take <laughs> matters into their own hands. I mean, if you feel that way, maybe you should start stockpiling, you know, maybe I don't know what I hate to be that guy, but I feel like we could get flagged uh, <laughs> right. at least in these troubled times. Right. Uh, and I it's not see. your fault. People just took it too literal. But if we do have, but uh, that's California. That's that California. That is taking it literally. <laughs> yeah. Taking it up the literally. Do you have another one though? Do you have a send off anymore? Uh I don't know. Distance yeah. it all down. Yeah. Well, think about it. Wear your mask. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Think Wear about your it. mask. Uh, it keeps the uh, facial recognition software guessing. There you go. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. We only find out from your friends because most of the internet will censor us. Oh, wait. I want to say something because we get mail from yeah, our listeners. We do. And we've getting, we get a lot of mail from people who are just forgetting to put anything in the body of the email. And it's weird. I go like, oh. Well, thanks. I'm sure you had lots to say, but uh, you know, when you're writing us, make sure you put something in the body of the uh, of the email. It's it could be weird. spam too. You might no, be no. Some of spam. it's like, hey, you should. It, it has a line like, investigate this, but like, okay, thanks. Got so it. there you go. Yeah. Give us more details. Uh, find us on our website, CaliStreaming.com. You can also get us uh, on the Apple iTunes Store and on the old Google Play. And Bobby, I'm going to send you off again. Wear a mask, damn it. Wear a mask.